Hi, and welcome to This Guy Has Issues. So, last week I made a promise that I'd bring my friend on, Jashela, and we would talk about the Spider-Man story where he sold his marriage to the devil. And, sadly, we weren't able to get together this week. Uh, Jashela got very busy, which happens, of course. So, instead, we're actually going to be doing a Superman story. And the reason we're going to be doing a Superman story is because it was recently announced... We're getting another Superman movie. Finally. It's been a while. Look, we get 80 Batman movies for every one Superman movie. And I love Batman. Batman's probably my favorite character, but still. I like Superman too. Why don't we get some Superman movies? Anyway, we finally got announced that Superman is going to be written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, who is a fantastic writer. Uh, I recommend both of his um memoirs i also recommend his comic books he's writing black panther and captain america right now both really good stuff anyway we are going to be diving deep into 1986's man of steel this episode and it's it really it's just a retelling of superman's origin okay so in the 80s there was a big dc comics reboot where basically a bunch of crazy things happened, the multiverses all came together, all the infinite Earths with the infinite possibilities and the different versions of Batman and Superman and the Flash and the Justice League and the Teen Titans and all those different characters. They all came together and they crashed together and became one Earth. There was only one instead of this infinite amount of possibilities. Okay, and so when that happened, they retold a bunch of origins of their famous characters, and this is the retelling of Superman's. It's called The Man of Steel. And what was really cool about this is they actually got a really famous Marvel writer slash artist. Uh, his name is John Byrne. Uh, he was super famous for a lot of early X-Men stuff and a, a really famous Fantastic Four run. He's a really great artist. And so they got him and they brought him over to do Superman. And this is six issues of his retelling of the origin. And it's it's a really good place to start with Superman, okay? Because a lot of people talk about, oh, Superman's boring because he is a goody two-shoes and he's all-powerful. Well, I understand that 100%. But what's interesting about Superman is the choices he has to make every day. Okay, because he he knows and he has the ability to go to anyone that's in trouble in the world. But he doesn't have to the the ability to do it for everyone. And that's the the key to Superman. And what's also extremely interesting about Superman is he takes time to be a person. He's not Superman all the time. I mean, morally, shouldn't he be? If he can, if he pays attention, he can hear anyone throughout the entire world in trouble. But instead of doing that 24-7, which, I mean, he couldn't technically. He does need to sleep. That is a thing. But shouldn't he be doing that as much as he can? But he doesn't. Hmm. Because we shouldn't expect that of anyone. Right? No, he's still a person. Yeah, he has godlike powers. He can fly. He has super strength. You, you can't kill him. Literally. It's literally canon. He can't die. That's, that's much further down the line. Okay? But... That's what the the really great thing about Superman is. It's an immigrant story. It's Moses, uh, the creator of Superman. Jerry, creators Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, two Jewish boys from Canada, immigrated to Ohio. Okay, Superman is an immigrant, which is why, especially in our day day and age. It's it's really interesting that Superman could be someone that's not white. Okay? Now, 
I'm just going to address something really quickly. Uh, on the internet, all it took was a black man, Ta-Nehisi Coates, to be announced as the writer of Superman. And a bunch of fucking assholes online came out and said, Superman's not black. Superman's white. If you actually read a Superman comic, you will see that there are many things that are important to the character of Superman. He's from the planet Krypton. He crashed, landed in Kansas. He was picked up by John and Martha Kent. He was raised by them. He has superpowers that he gets because he lives on Earth and he was sent to Earth for that reason. From the yellow sun. He can fly. He has super strength, heat vision. He loves Lois Lane, but she loves Superman. He is Clark Kent and Superman, but she doesn't know. He has good values. He believes in truth. He believes in justice. I guess you could say he believes in the American way. The idealized American way. Not the one that America has actually done, but the one we told people that we are. And that we strive to be. At least I think true Americans do. Hmm. What doesn't define Superman? His race. Because, one, he's an alien. So, if you want to be realistic, someone that grew up on a planet with a red sun would not look like a white person because the radiation is different and the protection on your skin would need to be different. So if we're going to do that, then Superman shouldn't even look like a person, per se. Or actually, if we're going to go that further, then the intense radiation of a red sun that, you know, would stop these people from having powers would probably, you'd probably need some kind of protection from that radiation, from that intense radiation. Hmm. If only we as humans had that sort of thing. Huh. Oh yeah, it's called melanin. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a thing. So, technically, if you want to get scientific with it, if you want to get really realistic, Superman makes more sense black than he does white. So, yeah, anyway, those guys are idiots, and that kind of stuff really pisses me off. But, fuck them. Let's talk about Superman. Uh, Man of Steel was written and penciled by John Byrne, inked. By Dick Giordano. Say that name five times fast. Dick Giordano. Uh, Dick Giordano. Uh, anyway, it was colored by Tom Ziuko. Side note: If you want to strive to have probably one of the coolest jobs in the world, go for coloring comic books. It's like a coloring book, but more, a little more artistic. A little. There's a lot more shading and things like that done, but you also do it off of pencils and inks. It's a really inter- it's a really cool job. It was lettered by John Costanza, you know, he picks the fonts of the book. And it was edited by Andrew Heffler. So, yeah, let's start well off with Man of Steel issue 1 on this week's episode. But this guy has issues. out of the green dawn. We start off on the planet Krypton. A scientist named Jarrell goes to his wife, Lara, and he reiterates to her, as he's done for so long at this point, their world is doomed. There's a chain reaction in the core of the planet, and it's created a new radioactive compound. This compound is destroying their world. They only have hours left to live. Jarrell tells Lara that he's come up with a way to save their son, who's yet to be born. And that it'll, 
he'll be able to escape Krypton's fate. He programmed a rocket to land on Earth that has a yellow sun. Krypton has a red sun, and because of the difference in radiation, Kal-El will have vastly increased abilities. He'll be able to do things that no one could even imagine doing on Krypton. He places him into a specially designed birthing matrix with a hyperdrive, and as Krypton explodes, this chamber launches itself into space, going straight towards Earth. Then we skip years later, in Smallville, Kansas, a teenage Clark Kent, he single-handedly wins the high school football championship. He takes the ball, he passes it to himself, he, he, <laughs> he is the wide receiver, he's the quarterback, He's the offensive line, he's the defensive line, he's the safety, he's the linebacker. He is every position on the field. And he wins single-handedly uh, 53-0. Absolutely destroys. Could you imagine, first of all, like, <laughs> you're playing high school football. You get absolutely smacked, okay? And then you, you get a job, you move out to the big city, you move out to Metropolis, and then, oh, you get in a, you almost get in a car crash, but you're saved. Oh my goodness, you're saved. And then you look and, hold on, that's that motherfucker that beat us at football 53 to nothing. He's Superman. Of course we fucking lost. Holy shit, we should sue. We deserve that championship. But, anyway, Clark Kent is carried off into the sunset by the crowd. He won the state championship. But his father, John, he goes up to Clark and he tells him, Hey, Clark, you know, you, you have amazing abilities. We both know this. But, son, you need, you need to calm down a little bit. Because... I'm nervous for you, and you have to be careful, which is understandable. And then what John decides to do is takes him to an abandoned section of field, and he shows him the Kryptonian birthing matrix, which is where Clark was born, something that John Byrne changed from the original origin was that, you know, Superman was born on Krypton as a baby, was sent to Earth. Well, in this, technically because of the birthing matrix, he was conceived on Krypton, then put in the birthing matrix before birth, and was born on Earth. Yeah, comic books. It's a, It's stupid and confusing, but it's one of those things, it's so, like unconsequential that it's just like it doesn't really matter all you gotta know he you don't even have to know he was born on earth it doesn't matter it was just a little change that they made because they could you know that's kind of how these things are. they're like um let's just change this up see how it changes things it doesn't it doesn't change anything at all but jonathan shows clark this and basically explains how he and martha found it in their field 18 years ago. And that Clark is adopted. Not only is he adopted, he's an alien. And Clark realizes now that he needs to he needs to stop using his powers for winning the fo state football championship. He needs to do something. He's here for a reason. So he decides to leave Smallville. He goes to his high school sweetheart, Lana Lang. He reveals his powers to her. And he says... I, I need to figure out where I come from. All I know is that I'm from not Earth. So I need to figure out where I come from. And maybe by doing that, I can figure out who I am and why I'm here. And she thinks it's the best thing for him. And she is, she wishes she, she could keep him, but she can't. And then we move forward in time again to the 250th celebration anniversary of 
metropolis. And Clark Kent has been living there for the past couple of years. Now, for this 200th anniversary, there's going to be a special space launch. A national shuttlecraft named the Constitution is going to launch into space and it's going to be one of the greatest scientific achievements of the age. I'm not sure what that would be in 1986, but let's say they're going to Mars, because that's probably what it is. Now, as the Constitution is starting to launch into the air, a passenger plane enters the no-fly zone and collides with the shuttle. The shuttle goes out into a tailspin and it begins to falter into the air. And the assembled crowd below, Clark, is in there and he sees he he has no choice but to save the people. He, I mean, he might He's going to reveal himself to the world, but he has no choice. He flies up and saves the shuttle. Now, one of the passengers on this shuttle is Daily Planet reporter Lois Lane. Because, of course, interaction almost occurs between the two. They almost start to talk to each other. She's about to begin to ask him questions, but they're swarmed by a crowded mob, and Superman just flies away because he has no suit. He's literally just in this red... It's a very nice, like, brown leather jacket with some khaki pants. And Clark, you, you're looking good. I gotta be honest, you're looking good, okay? And he just flies away because he doesn't want people to, rec- to, to see his face. Because they see his face, they can put together who he is. He won't be able to walk around because he'll just he'll just be the guy that was flying around and saved the shuttle. And then he goes to Smallville to confide in his parents. He's he's upset that he he wants to have a life. He wants he doesn't want to be treated differently because of what he can do. He was treated like a a commercial celebrity in his eyes at the time, almost like a pop star. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want Clark Kent to be that. So his parents and Clark and his parents get together, and Jonathan comes up with a way that Clark could publicly use his abilities to help people, but also have his own private life. Because... We all kind of want that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, speaking of football, you know, a big football star, okay? Or, you know, better yet, basketball. Okay, because in basketball, if you don't know, there's a rule in basketball where you have to play for college for one year. And you can kind of get around that rule in some different ways. But basically... If you're a rookie going into basketball, if you're the number one pick going into the NBA, you're probably about 19 years old. So you're going from, in about two years, you're going from a kid in, in high school to one of the most popular basketball players at the time. The number one pick is automatically popular. Okay, at, le- at least for a little bit, if not the whole season, but... You know, it's it's like that, and he he wants his own life. He just wants to be Clark Kent for a while. So, <laughs> Jonathan comes up with a fantastic way. Okay, Clark is going to reinvent himself into a more humbler person. Okay, he's going to do his hair up very nice. He's going to put glasses on. He's going to slouch. And basically, he's going to act every day as a slightly different Clark Kent. And while Jonathan and Clark are coming up with this new persona to help hide his identity, at least slightly. Because let's be honest, we all know that Superman hiding his identity with glasses, uh, changing his posture and everything. Can it be... Can it slightly change how you look? Absolutely. But I don't know. Superman's a little too popular for all that. I think in the beginning, because he would, like, not show his face very well or make sure that photographers only got pictures from far away, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You can hide. You could hide your identity that way, sure. I mean, but not when, like, you 
talk to Lois Lane on the regular as both Superman and Clark Kent. That's just, it's not possible. I'm sorry. But while Jonathan and Clark are doing this, coming up with this persona, Martha Kent sews together a big symbolic uniform with a big S logo on it. The logo be created by Clark and John. And it's... So what's cool here, it's cr it's created with n normal cloth, but long ago, Martha noticed that any fabric pressed right up against Clark never tears away. Although this won't protect his cape. Um, it's a weird, like, extra power that they gave him. It's another weird change that they made. Like, it's one of those things where people will just be like, ah, I want to give Superman a new power. And so this power is that Basically, he's so strong that any any clothing that's up against his skin doesn't rip. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh my god, that's so dumb. <laughs> but so if you read a Superman comic from this era, you're like, why is why is his suit not ripped? But his cape's all torn up. Why is his suit not ripped? That's why. And then if you see a Superman comic from this era where his suit is ripped up, well, he, it just didn't work that day. <laughs> just, just, just go with it. It's fine. Who cares? That, that's one of the things about comics. If, if you haven't learned by now in this show, there's some things in comics, just go with it. Fuck it. Who cares? Is it dumb? Yes. Absolutely. Is it fun? Sure. Are the characters still fantastic? Is there still stuff you can learn and still stuff you can enjoy? Can you still cry at a comic book even though it can be super dumb like that at times? Absolutely. So they come up with this costume and this persona of this new Clark Kent. And Clark puts on the, first, on the costume for the first time and he finally becomes Superman. He flies off from his parents' house into his new life, his new adventure. And that's the end of issue one. At the end of that issue, he's like, I think he's like my age. He's 25. I am 25. Um, I mean, that's you would get that from me saying my age. So, yeah, it's a really cool first issue that just shows Clark's very beginnings. Okay. And it's it's a really great looking in three act structure. Like, it really is. You, you have the first act on Krypton and the second act when Clark decides that he has to do something greater with his abilities and then the third act where he he saves people for the first time then he be he has then he becomes Superman in his personality well in his making of the costume and making of the personality of Clark Kent so then we move on to issue two, which is an introduction to, well, not an introduction to, because we saw her a little bit last issue, but we get to meet Miss Lois Lane, because we start off at the Daily Planet, where editor-in-chief Perry White, a very important character in Superman comics, he's, in a lot of ways, he's kind of, how would you, I would say he's kind of like Commissioner Gordon to Batman, except he's the head of a newspaper. So there's not a lot of like, oh, you have to go here, Clark, to stop the stop the robbery. No, it's more like, oh, we heard about this going down. We, someone's got to go cover it, and then Clark will all, all of a sudden disappear. But Perry White's a really cool character. So Perry assigns Lois Lane. He's like, Lois, you need to get an interview with this Superman guy. Because Lois wrote an article about being saved by this mysterious person that can fly she calls him Superman, and Perry's just like, okay, Lois, you wrote an article, it was a big hit for our paper, get a, get an interview with him. Um, excuse me? You just want me to get an interview with this guy? Uh, I hate to break it to you, dude, but I didn't, like, get his number or anything. So, Lois... She is, she is such a moron sometimes, because what she decides to do, okay, 
So Superman's in Metropolis saving some people, stopping some bank robberies, rescuing citizens, as he does. He's doing it all over the city. And Lois says, okay, I can do that. So she takes her car and she basically drives him into the harbor, as you do. Because now she needs saving. She starts drowning, straight up. So Superman comes to save her. And as he, she's like, oh, thank you, Superman. Thank you for saving me. And he's like, well, I think you would have been fine because you do have that, um, you had that Aqualung under your car seat. She's like, um, what are you talking about? I didn't, no, no. But uh, anyway, while you're here, would you like to have an interview? Oh, well, sure. And so she asked him some questions, you know, what can you do? Oh, I can fly. I have stri- I have super strength. You know, tells him his powers, super breath, heat vision, they- different things like that. Where are you from? I'm, I don't know. And I was raised here, you know, those kind of things. And so Lois has it. She has the interview. She she runs, she rushes back to the Daily Planet. She goes to Perry White. She says, I got the interview, Perry. And he's like, uh, sorry, Lois, someone else brought in an interview like right before you did. Meet the meet Daily Planet's new re- reporter, Clark Kent. And Lois is not happy. You this weird random dude just comes in and takes my interview? And he gets a job? And Jimmy Olsen is in the back, his ginger ass, just (laughs) cracking up because it's very funny. And that's the end of the second issue, and it really sets up some of me because you get the absolute, like, head over heels that Lois is about Superman, just like, oh, Superman. And... And then immediately she meets Clark the first time she ever meets him. And he does this on purpose. He totally does this on purpose, which is the best. He He's just like, you know what? Let me fuck with her. I, w- I wanted to be a reporter anyway. Because what's a cool thing, Superman decides to be a reporter because it's a great way to figure out where crime is happening, what can, what's happening, and where you can go. To help save people. So. I absolutely love Lois Lane. Just. Point blank straight up. She is one of my favorite characters ever. And this issue. Is basically the main reason why. Okay. She will go. She will basically. Almost kill herself. To just get an interview. Yeah she had an aqua She had some air. Sure, but she does not get, she ruined her car. Like, you can't just drive your car into a harbor and it's going to be fine, right? I don't know much about cars, so I might be wrong about that. But, like, come on. She don't care about anything. And she didn't even get the interview. (laughs) She didn't even get it. Uh, So good. Absolutely fantastic. And now we're going to move on to issue number three which is called One Night in Gotham City. So we're going to go through the first meeting of Superman and Batman. So Batman is on the trail of a villain in Gotham City. And the beginning of this issue is so good. It starts with this nine-panel spread, and basically it's a three-by-three grid for, for those that don't get into comics very often. And... It's a moment-by-moment moment kind of thing. You, you see a gargoyle, and there's rain, and it really conveys the mood of Gotham City. And then Batman is interrogating this guy, trying to find this villain called Magpie. And basically, so a lot of times in comics, villains have this kind of shtick, and Magpie's shtick is she loves to steal things that are shiny. 
you know, like a magpie. Ha, ha, ha. I don't like magpie. I, she, she's not a great villain. It was funny when she died, though. But magpie uh, is going throughout Gotham, killing people, okay, on a homicidal rampage while stealing these shiny things. Now, while Batman is on the trail of Magpie, Superman literally just comes up to him and is basically like, I, I consider you an outlaw. You and I, we, we're different, you and I. We should, and it's just like, okay, I'm kind of busy over here, okay? And Superman's, no, I gotta take you in, all right? I'm here to help this world, and you are something that is not helping, like, he literally just kind of is just talking at this guy, lecturing him. You are a bad person, and you should know better. And, and Batman's just like, dude, I am busy. And then, so, Superman starts to walk up to Batman. And, like, and Batman's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I wouldn't come and touch me if I were you, because there is a radio signal that is going <laughs> around my body. And if you penetrate this signal... Then it will trigger trigger a, trigger a bomb that will kill an innocent person somewhere in Gotham City. And Superman's like, oh, how dare you endanger an innocent person? Batman's like, I gotta do what I gotta do. To Now, what you could do is help me capture Magpie and we could just get this over with and we can go our separate ways. And so that's exactly what they do. Superman helps Batman capture Magpie. They started kind of gain a little respect for each other, even though Superman is absolutely appalled by the fact that Batman would risk an innocent person's life. Superman literally has to, while they're fighting Magpie's thugs, Superman has to kind of stay away from Batman because he's scared that he might, you know, disrupt the signal and then the person dies. And then when they capture Magpie, Bat Superman's like, all right, now I'm going to take you in. You better give me that bomb. Better better uh, disactivate that signal and Batman reveals well actually the bomb's right here I was the innocent person that is endangered so if you were to penetrate the thing I would have just exploded but I believed that you know I have a respect that for you and I think you have innate goodness and in a different reality maybe we could have been friends and then they part and that's the end of the issue and it's really cool. What's cool about this miniseries is that it takes one issue at a time. It sets up these different aspects of Superman's uh, world. The first issue was the classic origin. It was everything that you would expect from a first issue telling you about Superman. You know, Krypton exploded, his his original parents, and he got found in a field in Kansas uh, him deciding to use his powers for good, then you, him using his powers for good for the first time, and then coming up with the Clark Kent identity and the Superman costume. And this third issue sets up his relationship with Batman, which is, which is honestly such a cool relationship because they're so different in that, and you kind of see this, Batman will do just about anything to get the perp. Okay, he does not care. He will risk his own life. Okay, he will risk the life of a 12-year-old boy, Robin. Like, come on, dude. Okay, I get that you're like, oh, well, if I was 12, I would have loved to have this and have a mentor that guided me through this. But, like, you got one of them killed. Come on. Come on. Or If we ever get into that story, it, it wasn't... It was an outside force because DC Comics decided to have a vote on whether Robin was going to get killed or not, but still, come on, Batman, you got Robin killed. But Superman will always get go out of his way to do things the right way, okay? And he will always try to do the right thing, always. You know, if he sees, you know, if he's going on his way to stop Brainiac from destroying the world, but he sees a kid about to fall to their death, he's going to save the kid first. Now, Batman, he's going to save the kid, but he's going to do it while he's still running towards the threat. Okay, he's going to throw, like, a battering at him and just pull him up, and they're going to climb up to their to safety on their own. 
Superman's going to make sure the kid is down on the ground and safe. And this issue really depicts that in a fantastic way. And now we're going to move on to issue number four. And this issue, you know, we got our first Superman-centric issue, and then the second Lois Lane issue, Batman issue. Now we're introduced to one of Lois's ex-boyfriends, actually. Because Lois and Clark are going to set a party held by... Uh, Mr. Lex Luthor on his luxury yacht. And they get there, and they, they're invited into Luthor's private chamber. And Luthor is just like, hey, Lois, how are you? And Lois is literally just like, gross. Um, I don't like you, really. And Lex is like, well, you accepted my gift that you're wearing. You're wearing the dress that I sent you. And um, that I gave you, it's it's yours. And Lois is like, no, I thought it was just for the party. Like, you invited me to your party. Maybe you sent me a nice dress to wear to the party. And I'm not gonna be one of your trophy wives. I'm out of here. So she literally, she t she's like, Clark, give me your coat. She puts Clark's coat on, takes off her dress, ties up the coat, and they leave. What a badass! I love her to death. Cause she she will not not take shit from nobody. And so, when they leave, they're confronted by some terrorists, and they throw Clark over the ship, and the terrorists are trying to rob the hostages, you know, and, and basically start to get their demands out, and all those things. And, you know, one of the dumb things that they did was uh, th throw Clark overboard, because literally he hits the water, changes into Superman, flies up. And he lifts the the whole ship. He lifts it up into the air. Okay, and this shocks everybody. And Lois basically beats up all the terrorists because Lois is a badass. Okay, she she was actually raised. She was a mil she's a military brat, Lois, which is which is always a really cool aspect of her character. So basically, she grabs the gun moves it as far away as possible as you're supposed to it's kind of like a knife but you get it out of your hand and then she smacks it out of their hand knocks out a bunch of the terrorists and she takes control of the situation and then basically luthor reveals right there that he allowed the terrorists to get on board so he could get superman to come out and hire him <laughs> like seriously he tries to to hire Superman to be like his bodyguard, okay? And <laughs> Superman refuses his offer and is immediately deputized by the mayor who's there. And the mayor's like, you literally let us be almost killed by terrorists so you could hire a bodyguard. And so he deputizes Superman to arrest Luthor. And a few days later, Luthor's out of prison. And he comes up to Superman. He literally just gets out of his car after Superman saves somebody. Walks up to Superman and goes, Remember, Superman, you're a dead man. It's just a question of how soon. It's like, okay, word flex. Like, all right. You don't have to. Okay. Oh. All right. Uh. <laughs> Lex Luthor is an absolute asshole. And this story really proves that because it actually is re later revealed yeah he just he didn't just let the terrorists come on board he wasn't just aware that the terrorists were on their way he hired them because of course he did he he literally hired terrorists he cut he basically okay he basically did what lois did i'll be honest like yeah lois did like risk her she risked her own life Lex risked the life of everyone on his fucking ship, asshole. So, it's a it's a fantastic Lex issue, which basically each of these issues are just a fantastic issue about the character they spotlight. You know, last last issue was a fantastic Superman and Batman issue. This issue is a fantastic Lex Luthor issue, and this next issue, issue number five, is a great issue for another Superman villain, one of my personal favorites. Bizarro.
Bizarro not here. Uh, Bizarro is basically an opposite Superman. <laughs> like, uh, Bizarro's identi- secret identity is uh, Kent Clark. He has uh, <laughs> freeze vision and heat breath. I absolutely love... No, I, I'm sorry. Me hate Bizarro. I, I almost said it wrong. So uh, this issue is called The Mirror Cracked. So it starts off with Superman. He apprehends a thug, a thug wearing a LexCorp designed like robot suit. And he, he basically goes to Lex Luthor, drops the guy at his feet, and Luthor's like, the suit was stolen from me. I bear no responsibility. What are you talking about? And I, I apologize for you being attacked, but like I didn't have anything to do with it. And there's a side effect of the suit that renders the user too too brain damaged to te- to testify to the contrary. So it's just like okay, Superman goes back to Metropolis and drops him off in in the jail, and. Lex is in Hong Kong at the time, and he's consulting one of his scientists, and it's overseeing a classified project known as Changeling, and it's scanning Superman's DNA. Doctor Chen was hoping to prov- to construct a clone of Superman, and it would be completely subservient to Lex Luthor. However, the doctor did not take Superman's alien biology into account. Superman is an alien. The doctor didn't even realize this, didn't even think about this. And so the Superman clone starts to transform and crystallize and become twisted. It becomes Bizarro, a completely opposite version of the true Superman. Lex is disgusted by this failure. and He, he orders the creature to be destroyed, but Bizarro escapes and goes towards Metropolis. And when Bizarro arrives begins doing behaviors similar to Superman. He assists a disabled ambulance and saves Lois Lane's blind sister, Lucy, and from committing suicide. Some fantastic, fantastic acts. And then, <laughs> then he goes to a, basically like a, a thrift store and he steals a cheap suit, and he tries to go into the Daily Planet. And Clark notices him, and quickly is like, "Okay, I gotta go into Superman because this is weird." So, he, and then they immediately start to fight over Metropolis because <laughs> Superman's like, uh, "Who are you?" And Bizarro goes, "Me, not Superman," and rips off his suit, and he's wearing a Superman suit. And Superman's like, "Wait, what?" And you are Superman, and he starts beating him up. Which, in Bizarro speak, that means you are not Superman. Me, not Superman. <laughs> so they start to fight. At you know, it's a comic book. You gotta have some big fight, and this is the big fight of the miniseries. And <laughs> it's so it's such a good fight. Now, Bizarro shares many personality traits with Clark, because when Lois Lane arrives, he he immediately whisks her away and brings her back to Lois's apartment, and Bizarro meets Lucy for another time. Superman is distraught after the attack. He's beaten up. He, he, he was beaten up basically by someone equal strength as him. Which happens a lot in Superman comics, but it's something that at this point he what he's never experienced before. Okay, and he discovers that the foes that bizarre skin it has like a chalky white residue, and he analyzes the dust with his microscopic vision, and he realizes that Bizarro is in fact an android. He tracks Bizarro back to Lois's apartment, and they begin to fight again. Me, not Bizarro. I mean, me, not Superman. You are Superman. <laughs> they fly directly towards one another and they collide. And Bizarro's body explodes into a cloud of white dust. 
like it's snowing. And the dust comes in contact with Lucy's eyes, and guess what? She's cured of her blindness. And once again, it's a fantastic Bizarro issue, because what's great about Bizarro is he does not do things the right way. But when Bizarro is truly Bizarro, he still does good. Because even though he's a disfigured former Superman, he's still good, even in his faults. Like, he he tries to do bad things, and then he ends up doing good things. That's what's fantastic about Bizarro. And this issue, you know, he tries to fight Superman, a terrible thing, and then in him being defeated, he cures Lucy of her blindness. He saves her from suicide earlier in the issue, which is a beautiful moment. And it's a... It's just a really fantastic issue that introduces this amazing character. And yes, uh, the character's gone. Bizarro's killed. You need to read more comic books, friend. Bizarro, of course, comes back. Because that's how these things work. Bizarro's created again. And so this issue is a great introduction to Bizarro. If you ever want to get into Bizarro stuff, uh, Bizarro's so good. And yes, it does get a little confusing with the Bizarro speak because it's all opposite, but it's still, it's super fun. And so now we're going to move in to issue number six, and it's called The Haunting. And Clark decides to go back to Smallville, and he misses his mom and dad, which, I mean, yeah, sometimes you just want to go back to mom and dad, and Jonathan's about to tell him something, and Martha, Martha is like, shh, Jonathan. Not right now. He just got back home. And so Clark's asleep. Well, he's not asleep. He's in bed. He can't sleep. And he's just thinking, what is Dad about to tell him? He goes to the fridge for a midnight snack, and then a vision of Jorel surprises him and touches him physically. And so this vision of Jorel comes back to Superman and tells him of his origins. You're from the planet Krypton. I am your father, Jarrell. We sent you to Earth so you could be a protector, so you could live on. And as the hallucination, as this vision wears off, he's face to face with Lana Lang, his high school sweetheart. Then we flash back. When Clark told Lana that he was an alien, she confessed that she loved him. She she thought she was going to marry him, but she realized that he's no longer hers. He belongs to the world. And she was hurt by that. This, And this is something she probably could never come to grips with. There was a long stint of depression for her on that. The person she loved, she can't have. And they see each other again. And the next day, Superman thinks about when she what she was talking about starts wondering where he truly came from goes to the location where Jonathan hid the rocket ship it's only found that the ship was gone the hologram of Jarrell reappears tells him to be silent and learn appears that Superman's under kind of psionic attack the Kents arrive Jonathan breaks it off by attacking the hologram Superman flies away realizing no he was downloading knowledge into my head he wasn't attacking me he was telling me about Krypton he finally knows everything where his bio, who his biological parents are where he came from and he appreciates the knowledge but in the end he realizes how human he really is and this issue was is a great kind of second part to the origin you know you could really read the first issue and the sixth issue kind of back to back in that you learn so many things about how he learns about Krypton and it's it's a look I absolutely love this story if you couldn't tell but what what really is great about Superman is that he's not better than any of us okay the reason why he's so good is because he was raised that way it's not because he has superpowers it's because his parents taught him the right thing. And I believe my parents taught me the right thing. And I understand if you don't have 
parental figures in your life. I totally get that. But I'm sure you learned from someone what you believe is the right thing. And to just live by that through and through, I think that's the best we can try, the best we can do. And I th- that's, that's what Superman is in a nutshell. He takes what he learned from his parents to just always do the right thing, always try to help people when he can. And he always can. And so that's what he does. Because that's how he was raised, and that's the right thing to do, and that's the best thing we can do. To the best of our ability, we should help others while also helping ourselves. Honestly. And that is what Clark Kent and Superman are. He is helping others as Superman while also living his own life. Falling in love. Having friends. Being a reporter, which he loves to do. As Clark Kent. And so the reason I love Superman is because he's a lesson in balance. You can have both. Whatever it is, if there's a certain career you want, a dream you have, and you think, do I have to sacrifice my family and my friends for that dream? Not necessarily. Is there always sacrifices when it comes to things? Yes, and that's the that's one of the things we learned from Superman is there are always sacrifices. Superman ends up losing his father in an absolutely tragic issue. It, it's... I think it was about 10 years ago or so at this point. Oh, it's almost 20 years ago at this point. Oh, that's a long time ago. Wow. But um, when Superman loses his father, you, you it's a big lesson because he can't save everybody. He just can't. Even though he seems to be all-powerful, he cannot save everybody. And that's it. So that lesson is that we have to realize that we can't do everything. But if we try to, if we try to do everything we want to do, your your batting average, for lack of a better term, is guess what? If if you try to, if you try to achieve all of your dreams, and you only achieve one or two, guess what? You achieved some dreams, and that's more than a lot of people can say. And that's what I love about Superman. That's what it's about. I mean, yes, it's about punching the bad guys and saving the day. But it's about accepting yourself for who you are and who you were raised to be. So yeah, that's this week's episode of This Guy Size Issues. That's me waxing poetically about Superman. Next week, we're going to come back with a guest, one of my good friends. And we're just going to have some fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did, because I love Superman. And I hope this episode give you a better appreciation of this character that I love.